You know the clause that IP drafts is referring to. Often it is the last clause in a contract. Typically, it reads as follows. Greater than this agreement may be signed in any number of separate counterparts, each of which when signed and dated shall be an original, and such counterparts taken together shall constitute one and the same agreement. A recent article by Ken Adams comments on the wording of these clauses. It seems from comments on that article on LinkedIn that some lawyers think the clause refers to duplicate signed versions of a contract, where each version is signed by all parties. IP Drafts hopes this isn't a common view, because it doesn't make sense to him. Why would you need to state, in a special clause, that there are several, completely signed versions? In fact, the real reason for having these clauses is to clarify that the signature process can involve each party signing a different version containing the same text, and that each signed version is good evidence of the agreement, if the matter comes to court. Why would this happen? Well, it's a long-established way of executing contracts. When IP drafts qualified as a solicitor, he learned about conventional practice among solicitors, when selling houses. A common method was as follows. Party A, the seller, signs a version of the contract of sale, which is held by her solicitor. Solicitor X Party B, the buyer, signs an identical version of the contract which is held by his solicitor. Solicitor E, this is preparatory work, the contract is not yet in force. When the parties are ready to go ahead with the contract, X and Y speak by phone. They agree to exchange contracts. X declares that he now holds the version signed by A to the order of Y. Y declares that she now holds the version signed by B to the order of X exchange of contracts has occurred by telephone and the contract is now legally binding. They agree to date each version, and each writes the agreed date in at the top of the version tie hold. The solicitors are under a professional duty to send the contracts to each other. With this method of signing, there is never a version that is signed by both parties. If A wants to enforce the contract, she produces to the court the counterpart version signed by B. IP Drafts doesn't usually include a counterpart's clause in his contracts, though some of his colleagues do. His reasons for not doing so, based on English law, are 1. Parties can agree whatever method of execution they wish, and it is not strictly necessary to include such a clause in the contract, even if the use of counterparts is the agreed method. Very little formality is required for the signature process under English law, unless the agreement is signed as a deed. 2. In practice, parties tend to use a variety of electronic means to exchange signed versions. There is less focus on wet ink signatures than there was in the past. The COVID pandemic has accelerated this trend. 3. One method is the use of email to exchange signed PDF versions, sometimes with the second party adding their signature to a version that has already been signed by the first party. Sometimes, the parties follow up the emailed signatures with posted versions signed by all parties. 4. Recently, DocuSign has become popular. Depending on exactly how DocuSign is used, it may or may not involve the use of counterpart versions. Sometimes, the agreed, or understood, method of signature by electronic means, involves one party collating a version that includes all the party's signatures and circulating this version to all parties. 5. IP Drafts recommends that, in the case of high-value transactions that are signed remotely, the parties should agree before signature, for example by exchange of emails, what the process will be, and at what point the contract comes into existence. Any such agreement will include more detail than simply the fact that there may be counterpart, signed versions. In this context, readers may wish to consult a Law Society publication on signature by electronic means. This is not the only conventional clause that IP Drafts tends to omit from his contracts. He shuns successors and assigns clauses, and clauses stating that the singular includes the plural, to mention two examples. 
Some of his clients have indicated that they like his focus on key issues. But some clients, and some lawyers, prefer more of a belt and braces approach. Shakuna Sungu.